0: With me is uh, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning, Dr. Rajbans. Good morning. Yes. Now, a major study has highlighted uh, the scale of the obesity problem in the UK. 2.8 million people were uh, studied in this thing. And it says a significant risk of death and disease has been attached to weight gain. In fact, 2.8 million adults showed even slightly overweight people were twice as likely to, to get type 2 diabetes. This is not news for us really when it comes to the obesity crisis here in Malaysia itself where are we on the <coughs> scale of 1 to 10
1: I mean we, I think we should <laughs> right now put ourselves at 10 because the way things are going uh, we are now the, I think the most obese nation in Southeast Asia I think the second in Asia prevalence of diabetes is actually one of the highest in the world because the number of people with uh, uh, diabetes in a population is almost very high. So, it's all part of the metabolic syndrome, part of the whole thing about lifestyle. So, I think I mean, the Ministry of Health, the government is trying very hard to educate people. And I think all comes to education. Educating people the right sort of diet, exercise, uh, managing the stress and it should start from young. I mean, children in school should be educated because even our children are getting obese. Diabetes mm-hmm. is starting younger and younger and Type 2 diabetes can be a serious disease You know, if not treated uh, properly A lot of people sometimes don't even know They have a diabetes until they come yeah. to a later stage yeah. What
0: are the main signs of type 2 diabetes? I
1: mean, the simple ones that we all know Is the things like, you know, feeling a bit tired uh, You know, more thirsty Passing more urine, getting up at night To pass more urine than, you know We call it nocturia Most people should maybe do one Some people diabetes may end up doing it 3-4 times Of course, poor prone for infections But sometimes it can be very silent they mm. might not know especially if the pre-diabetics or early diabetics and that's the time you have to catch them and quickly control the diabetes put them on a lifestyle programs. so I think the good thing to do is uh, because something so simple like your blood pressure diabetes you just go to your doctor or you can go to a pharmacy just carry checked every few months just to you know just a pinprick just to know where your levels are and whether you need to Two more tests. If you find you're putting on more weight, the family history of type T then even more reason for you to go and get it checked up.
0: Right. So, how can type 2 diabetes be treated and how controllable is it?
1: I mean, very well controlled if uh, if people follow the advice that the doctor gives them. Right. Of course, we always try lifestyle first, but that doesn't. Uh, the whole range of medications we have now that work in different parts of the pathway for sugar, uh, they do very well. A lot of people who follow the advice of the doctors take the medication regularly can be easily very well controlled. Uh, of course, some are bad uh, diabetics where they might need insulin because, you know, levels are high. So, but if followed, correctly, most diabetics who take their medication, follow lifestyle, will have no problem controlling the diabetes. It's only those who don't bother.
0: Right. So please take care of your health before you lose it. Coming up, of course, for uh, women who are too anxious or embarrassed to go for a smear test, can opt for a urine test. Um, We'll find out a little bit more about this new test after Colby Calais on Light. On HealthWise, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Let's take a look at this trial. It's um, a new test that can end the smear fear for women who are too anxious or embarrassed to get a pap test. Uh, they can now just provide a urine sample to be screened for cervical cancer. A trial said that this urine testing was as good at detecting a virus called HPV, which is a big risk factor for the cancer. Bigger trials are still needed, but experts said that self testing could be a game changer for women what are your thoughts doctor? I I mean this
1: is really good you know I mean it's test like this A simple test that you can do uh, you know anywhere just a urine test you know you don't have to go to a doctor see a gynecologist get a Mm -hmm. smear done so and not only that you know the fear of you know the the whole process so just a simple urine test could detect yes or no uh, I think it'd be very good so if yes you go get your treatment see your doctor if no then you don't have to worry you can just uh, you know check again later so I think yeah this this is the type of test that we are hoping will come more common instead of going for more invasive tests. A simple urine or a simple blood test would be what you want to look for.
0: Right, well, you know the awareness for the smear test isn't as prevalent for young women. The misconception is you only need to start getting tested after you are married, which isn't true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. I think if like this HPV virus is something that can occur even younger. So I think yeah. So I, but again, you're right. You know, most younger women won't do that. So it's, again, something for someone who is above uh, a certain age. But a urine test, that would be a game changer, yeah.
0: All right. Well, are you feeling backed up and bloated? There are certain ways you can fix constipation, not just by eating more (laughs) raisin bread. We've got that article to look at next after Jimmy Cliff here on Light. This is a light breakfast with Shaz and with me on HealthWise, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society. Are you feeling backed up and bloated? I tell you, Dr. Rajbans, when I was in the hospital for a week, I completely felt those two things. (laughs) Even though I was drinking water regularly and um, I was, you know, eating vegetables regularly, I think it was just the stress and the change of environment, yeah? Yeah,
1: I suppose they're not, probably not walking much, you know, just lying down a lot. Uh, And you're right, you know, I don't know whether some of the medication would have made it worse for you, so yeah this is something quite common you know especially Mm -hmm. people get older Constipation is a very common complaint of old people Uh, but uh, (laughs) I'm not that old
0: (laughs) yeah, <laughs> but even that's what I going to say. But even
1: younger people, you know, you <laughs> expect at least something to be, you know, that only old people will have because, you know, their whole physiology changes. But I get younger and younger, even students coming to hospital with complaints of constipation. Why? And, uh, you know, even children now, I think one of the, my pediatrician saying that one of the common things they're getting now is uh, children who are constipated, I suppose because of their lifestyle, not running like before, mm-hmm. eating all the wrong foods, no rough fish, and maybe not drinking enough water or. So, you know, just the fear of uh, some of them saying, even fear of going to toilet was an <laughs> issue. So,
0: what can we do to avoid yeah, constipation? Yeah, I suppose
1: simple things like, you know, moving a lot uh, definitely will help, uh, keeping yourself well hydrated, taking a food that is high in fiber. And these are some of the things that you start off first. Uh, sometimes, fruits, certain fruits like they say, prunes and bananas will help, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And... The other thing is very stressed because irritable bowel syndrome is becoming more common, is related to you know the sort of underlying stress. Eating the wrong foods a lot of refined carbs, lot of food, you know, some people have lactose deficiency sort of things. Uh, some are more allergic to certain type of food. So, all this can actually aggravate your bloating, your constipation. So, there's some of the things you have to look at and see what foods can be causing the problem. But simple things like movement, water, mm-hmm. high-fiber diet, these are simple things. Now, if it's getting quite serious in the sense that, you know, in spite of all this, you still find you're getting problems and this bloatedness is, you know, even causing pain and causing discomfort, then go and see a doctor just in case you don't miss out other more serious things, you know, people can right. have polyps, diverticulosis, uh, even people with uh, early uh, colon cancer have come up with problems with constipation. So they should go and get it checked up.
0: All right. Well, coming up, if you uh, want to quit smoking, how can you do so successfully? Dr. Rajbans has an answer for you. That's coming up next right now with Houston on Light. With me this morning, Dr. Rajbans, president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. New evidence published recently in the Cochrane Review found that people who used a combination of nicotine replacement therapies, NRTs, are more likely to successfully quit smoking than people who just use a single form of the medicine. So we're talking about things like skin patches, chewing gum, nasal and oral sprays, inhalers, lozenges, tablets that deliver nicotine through the body to the brain. Is this method very popular in Malaysia
1: No in fact I think what most people do Is just use one form You know Whether you just uh, Use a patch Or they just use uh, Things like a inhaler Or a chewing gum So this is quite interesting That they're using Multiple different types Of uh, yeah. nicotine could
0: on, on nicotine If you use Like multiple types Yeah that's,
1: that's why I'm just a bit worried The other thing is Whether because They're using Multiple types They may be using A lot of nicotine mm. So that's why they, they don't get the craving And whether When they stop that Whether they still get the the craving and you know so I suppose uh, we have to wait and see how good this study really is <laughs> and whether people actually go ahead and do multiple types of uh, because I think the most important thing is you must know or you really must want to quit right uh, a lot of people just you know they try their luck but they don't really want to yeah. make the commitment so once you make a commitment I think whatever module you use whether you use a, a gum or a spray or a or patch
0: or going cold turkey for that going matter, cold yeah. turkey.
1: in fact some of the ones I really seen who have worked like those just went cold turkey right. whatever commitment they made they just said stop and they stopped and that worked better than people who try alternatives and then still go after a while relapse back
0: yeah now there are certain um, studies that are not showing that actually vaping may harm your lungs yeah popcorn yeah, lungs and all that so yeah. what are your thoughts on that yeah I, as think, as I think vaping is
1: not actually a real replacement unless you're going to use it for a very short while to stop smoking and then stop vaping you know it's a psychological thing but otherwise I think say vaping is not the answer because what all what People do we stop smoking and start vaping, and that's another addiction. All
0: right. Well, coming up, can sitting down be detrimental to your health? Well, Dr. Rajbans explores that next year on Light. On HealthWise, Dr. Rajbans, President of the Malaysian Wellness Society, with us today. Now, spending large amounts of time sitting or lounging around during the day is linked to around 50,000 deaths per year in the United Kingdom. That is crazy. That is uh, a large number, isn't it?
1: Yeah. In fact, it's they sitting is just uh, another, uh, like smoking. You know, they're mm-hmm. just as bad. They say. Uh, they say from the time of the caveman, we were meant to walk. Right. And they, you know, the, the our ancient forefathers really walked a lot. They, mm. they did everywhere. And until, I suppose, the car was invented, most of the humans still yeah. walked a lot. They walked everywhere. They had no choice. And now we become more and more sedentary. But even when the car was there, we still had to, especially younger, you still had a lot of sports or games that were still, mm-hmm. you know, very active. You know, kids used to play a lot outside. Now with the new technologies that's even coming worse and worse. So people are are sitting a lot and that itself is a i think a cause for many of the causes or one of the causes of metabolic diseases that's coming up so what i will tell people is if you're sitting every hour at least take a five ten minutes break. Walk, mm-hmm. walk around. You know, go and drink some water. Come back. So don't just sit. At, you know, some people I know just forget and they are so engrossed with their work from the computer they can go straight six to eight hours. That's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's dangerous. And then they go back and they do the same thing. Yeah. You know, on the whether it's on the handphone, on the television, they sit another few hours. So <laughs> it's and then you go to sleep. So you hardly move you know so that's dangerous
0: all right well dr rajbans uh, thank you for that great advice uh, your thoughts uh, for health
1: yeah i mean today uh, like we talked a lot <laughs> about sedentary <laughs> metabolic obesity you know yeah, i think it's all lifestyle so i think it's it's just the work we are doing to ourselves so i think we gonna go back to basics you know go back mm-hmm. to so what we used to you know move eat right sleep well cut down the stress you know so all these simple simple things are Something that can make a life changer for your health.
0: All right, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, and I'm going to take a little break down to the cafeteria just to walk, mind you.